yeah, 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 yeah. Doing the intro. Welcome to the Genre Cult Podcast. Discussions and opinions on obscure electronic music micro-genres. Today they will probably discuss something that is not even a thing. We in here. Yeah, boy. This is Genre Cult. Yeah, boy. How We're long back. has it been since you said that? It's been a really yeah, long time. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, it's been super long, and we're back, and with the brand new Genre Cult podcast. I don't know what that means. It's brand new. Uh, season two. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, it's I'm been, Alex. Yeah, and I'm way. Eugene. It's, it's been so long, we should probably introduce ourselves, even. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for people new to the show, even. Yeah. They, they, you might be out there. This yeah. might be the first one you're listening to. Doubt it. And if so... We're a show that explores genres of music that, you know, may not, you may not have yeah. heard of, yeah. may not be a thing. May not be a thing. Uh, but it's generally, you know, bass music, we do. Generally, yeah. yeah generally the electronic music in yep. some form. Um, and, yeah. You obscure micro genre. That's what it's, we're going it's for. It's basically just an exploration into music that we may not have known previously. And tonight, I don't know anything about this one. It's exciting. I know. I like that. We started talking about it at dinner. They were like, oh, it's this thing. And I'm like, nah, don't, don't tell me anything. <laughs> I, I want to come in blind. So what are we doing? Pure blind. Uh, this is... It's not the name of the genre. Dungeon Synth. Yes. Which... Explain. Is a, a great, great name for yeah. a genre. <laughs> yeah. At its core, it's essentially... Actually, unlike a lot of the other genres we do, a subgenre of metal. Yeah. In a very, very strange and roundabout way. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, now, the name synth implies that it's going to be heavily synth-orientated. It is It is synth-orientated, but the interesting thing is, is when you're a metal guy, synth can just mean keyboards as well. Yes, yes. Uh, yep, I understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So... And, you know, let's, let's also pay homage to the fact that it's a key component of a lot of metal and a lot of metal subgenres, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the this is just the fact of it, it is purely synth-based music. Mm-hmm. But that's when, you know, an electronic music person is saying synth, they're thinking like, I don't know, Vangelis Sh- yeah, or sure. something, yeah. which yeah. Is, isn't necessarily the same thing. But it's, it's basically all of the the simplest way to put it is metal bands having synth interludes, mm-hmm. but this is people that use those synth interludes as their whole That's thing. That's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the okay. whole thing. Yep. I'm, I'm in. Uh, what do we got? Play us something. Yeah. Let's let's start off with a bit of... Um, so, uh, do, you, do you know much of your metal? <laughs> no. <laughs> Me either. No, okay. But, <laughs> uh, when I was kind of exploring around, this is how I, I kind of went went through it, and I knew that everyone from Dungeon Synth was saying that basically it leads back to black metal at some point, okay, which yeah. is your kind of European metal that was very pagan, occult influenced mm-hmm. in lots of ways, mm-hmm. and uh, there's that whole thing of like Norwegian black metal, yep, church burnings. Something, okay. something. Church running, huh? there, there was, yeah, yeah right. there, there was, there's a whole bunch that went on. But anyway, 
There's one particular. So, and this is we're talking '92. Okay. Yeah, so sweet. this is early when they were taking stuff from like Black Sabbath and whatever, and then doing their own like pagan, what they call black metal. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, I had no idea this was happening. I'd heard of an artist called Burzum before. And I thought he was just like black metal. Like I thought it was just like heavy, distorted music. Sure. But then listened through like a couple of albums, scanned through because I'd heard about these ambient tracks. Yeah. And come across this track called Channeling the Power of Souls into a New God. Which, <laughs> which is, is great track such name. Such a great just track name. Straight away. Uh, and yeah, it's... I'm going to start it playing in the background. It's, it's just, just ambient, isn't synth- it? ambient noodlings and apparently i was talking to someone um and yeah apparently part of it was like something to do with he wrote a lot of it in prison by himself oh really and he like didn't have access to heaps of stuff but like yeah he uh, yeah had had some sense in prison well that look this is all like Fourth hand okay. rumor mill, so I'm not gonna. I mean, it's sick by know, anything. It's, it's it, what Norwegian prison? Yeah, I bet it's a paradise. <laughs> I, bet, I bet it's a fucking yeah paradise, mate. That's that's true. They've got your Euro rack library. You can <laughs> borrow it out and take it to your cell. You, you got to take, take it back later the day, yeah, but you can get it the next day as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's it's potentially true. I but like let, this. Let's let's just have a, a bit of a listen. This is a part of. What's going to be happening here is we probably won't listen to whole tracks because, you know, you'll hear. But let's just just take in the ambience for a second. Channel the power of the souls. So that's that was that was one of the things I was like, okay, wow, weird ambient stuff in between metal, and then what? Seemingly in my brain, the timeline goes something like: black metal's happening. There's a couple of people doing this ambient stuff, and then that becomes a bit more of a thing, and people start calling that dark ambient. And so the okay. term dark ambient, I feel like. I've heard. Okay. Not fully understanding what it might be. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, dark ambient mm-hmm. is is kind of a thing. But then you start getting and we'll play. I'll play this track by a guy called Mortis, who is basically the one when people talk about early dungeons and they're like. <laughs> This guy, Mortis, he's the one, and he has this whole backstory, like, 
that's kind of bringing in fantasy novel type oh, cool. elements. Yeah, like yeah. His, so it's lore. like he's got yeah this whole folklore of like. And look, I'm going to sound totally like a fool for not knowing all the details of Mortis's backstory. But we're going to really throw caution to the wind on this. Something, one. something about like he as a character, like he wears this crazy like goblin face makeup <laughs> yes, and stuff. Like, yes, and yeah, yes. He, he has this whole. He's got a backstory. Backstory. That's, that's great. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, he is definitely one of the ones that I saw mentioned uh, very early on, like late 90s was calling stuff dark dungeon okay and so i feel like this is dark this is dungeon. this is where like it was dark ambient and then he was like oh, no nah, it's dungeon. Dark, dark dungeon is yeah. what he starts calling it um so we might play a little bit of um very early mortis and maybe even mix in some um some newer stuff after that uh because yeah this is like a bit from a tape that he did mm-hmm. and then yeah I might play a newer thing and the tape I think was yeah 93 okay um, these days I'm pretty sure Mortis is still around but he's doing more like actual metal metal okay yeah. with, with synths but yeah like, but also the rest of it yeah yeah. Um, so yeah this is this is Mortis uh, with his song of a long forgotten ghost demo demo tape and you'll hear a couple of the elements that, that bring dungeon the dungeon aspect into it, I think, maybe. <laughs> yes. Let's see if you can pick them. Rattling chains, <laughs> please.
I get it. So that was that was jumping from his uh, ninety three tape to his ninety nine release, which was kind of the last of his dark ambient dungeon music releases, and that's I, I kind of specifically chose one of the tracks that's more. I guess high fidelity mm. and uh, pretty drastic change yeah, over those. But you, know, you, you also obviously hear that medieval totally vibe yep. coming in, yep. which is where the your dungeon loot, yeah. loot helps. Yeah, <laughs> um, which yeah was just total news to me that um, I guess that part of this continuation for a lot of these metal people of the pagan mm. aspect was there were just heaps into fantasy novels and yeah. stuff yeah. like and yeah the more and more I was kind of reading about it and stuff I realised that it's like the nerds yep. who love their fantasy makes total sense um, to me and yeah there's a kind of whole subsection if you will of dungeon synth well, not necessarily dungeon synth specifically, but of this kind of medieval ambient slash. That's another term that yeah, they throw around: medieval ambient. Amazing. That um, yeah, really focuses on not just like their own law aspect. To quest to bro. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's the ones that actually specifically follow, and this what I was getting to is there's a whole bunch that very specifically go into Tolkien lore oh, really? stuff. So, yeah, the the uh, next... Like artists or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, there, there's one artist in particular called Summoning who are like a full metal band, mm. but they have uh, these interlude tracks. Um, and they were the same kind of time, late 90s, um, like mid to late 90s. And yeah, they, they have whole albums. So, there's one whole album called Dolguldur... Cool. Like based on the Tolkien yeah. like, fucking yeah. thing, and then yeah, so the the track that I'll play a bit of is called Kazadum, as in the fucking <laughs> Tolkien, fucking and like every track on the album is named like after some kind of Tolkien character, or character place, place yeah, or whatever. Shit. And yeah, this is like love a thematic album. Weird, that's, that's great. Late nineties metal where they're talking about Lord of the Rings all the time. It's like, pretty great. I, I how did I not know that this existed? <laughs> yeah, I, I got pretty pretty deep into Lord of the Rings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh yeah let's let's have a quick listen to a bit of bit of summoning with Kazadum. You'll you'll hear that that medieval ambient vibe fairly strong in this. And I think they you hear a bit of the metal remnants as well kind of midway through. But I don't know if we'll get that far. Let's see. See how we go.
there. You hear it? Yep. See? Wow. So it does. There, there is the crossover where you know the medieval ambient continues to happen, but the metal <laughs> vocals and guitar just come in over the top. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was a, an interesting kind of thing to thing to come across, and just the the Tolkien aspect still still gets me. Um, so yeah, we're the we've been kind of going through the the mid to late nineties, and there's the thing that was happening with a lot of these is it was all as with a lot of metal being released like through cassette tapes. Okay. Yep. Um, and because of that, there seems to be now this kind of culture of the people that were into it or like people doing stuff now there's the ones that really like that cassette tape vibe so awesome. they'll either re-release they'll be releasing stuff on cassette now yeah or they'll be like adding tape hiss digitally Brilliant. or you know all that type of stuff um and yeah i was lucky enough to talk to a german artist called forgotten pathways who um released a tape in 98 that I'm following on Discogs at the moment to see Mm -hmm. if I can snag Snag myself a copy but tell you what man it's in demand lots of euros for that that, that, it's uh, rare yeah wow hashtag rare AF (laughs) Um, but yeah it it was it was great talking to him and there's some uh, interesting interesting kind of points we raise about the kind of low fidelity versus high fidelity stuff uh so let's let's switch now to uh, an interview with interview forgotten pathways I'm Cedric from uh, Forgotten Pathways. Uh, I started making music in 1997 and uh, released a demo called Shrouded in Mystery and then went into a hiatus and uh, recently started making music again. And uh, I call my music mostly medieval ambient, but nowadays it is labeled as dungeon synth. Do you remember the first time that you heard people using the term dungeon synth? Uh, relatively lately, I think, um, yep. I was, um, like googling for um, my own project because I started music, uh, making music again, and I was googling like mm, maybe somebody wrote something about it. Who knows? And people were listening to it, and uh, I think it was on a um, on a blog, which is called Dungeon Synth. Um, just 
just dungeon synth block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's where the, the term was coined, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and in in the early days, you you mentioned the um, your shrouded in mystery tape. How how did like the the distribution of that work back in the day? When when you released it, was it through was it through a label or were you kind of sending out tapes to people? Uh, yeah, mostly the latter one. Um, yeah, I I did an own small tape label back in the days, and mm-hmm. I called it Irlichter Records. Like yeah. uh, um, it's um, Foxfires in in English, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just uh, just a bit I made everything myself. I, I did a small cover <laughs> artwork and uh, just hand copied the tapes. Yeah, cool, and. Uh, can you give us a, a brief rundown on on kind of what the metal community was uh, like? Did do you feel like when you were releasing that that you were part of the metal community, or uh, was was the project obviously separate when when you started it? Do you think? Oh, I, I certainly felt like a part of the metal community. Um, mm. Uh, I think there wasn't really a scene for uh, what's now called Dungeon Synth back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were just like six projects I knew who did similar music, and I think uh, all of these people came from a metal background too. And uh, I guess the the community, even within Germany or globally at that point, fairly um, open to the idea of it? I'm not so sure. Um, at the beginning, <laughs> there wasn't so much feedback. Yeah. It was um, metal magazines were like, oh, okay, now that's something different and it's interesting and it has a certain kind of atmosphere similar to, uh, I don't know, like um, Morty's uh, did a stuff mm-hmm. Emperor uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but it was always uh, a bit difficult because... Um, some rejected it, uh, like, uh, oh, this is not really metal, and it's pretty much like this uh, today, I think. Where where do you think you initially kind of gained a lot of your inspiration from? I mean, you mentioned Mortis, but was there was there anyone else, like, either in or outside of the, the metal scene that, that really kind of inspired what, what you started to do? Um, yeah, definitely Summoning, mm-hmm. because I, I love their style of um, epic arrangements and... Uh, they also always had this this fantasy and Tolkien and medieval uh, kind of, of uh, musical themes. Yes. Lots of, of uh, black metal artists uh, also used synthesizers uh, for, for intermissions uh, or for the music itself. And I think that's where it started. Do you take um, any inspiration from video game music or like orchestral type stuff? Mm, yeah. I think um, video game music for sure, but not so much um, today's video games. It's um, like the inspiration from uh, my days of youth. Yeah. <laughs> the Ultima games like Ultima Underworld 2 and um, even Abigor used a melody from Ultima Underworld 2 in one of their, um, I think it was the Rockblut album. I guess maybe it was invocation verwüstung. Uh, <laughs> uh, you you made the the shrouded in mystery tape, and then um, it it was was it seventeen years or something that, that yeah. you were had had a hiatus. So 
was it basically as, as you were saying coming across uh the the fact that people were kind of still listening and talking about that album now that brought you back to to that that alias yeah maybe a bit because um of course it was nice to see that it still circulates on on youtube and uh, people write about it i mean all of course in a very small range mm -hmm. uh, but um it was more um uh, like uh, coming from myself that i wanted to make music again because yeah. uh, i uh, always did music in between as well but i had like a kind of um blockade or something i don't know just uh, couldn't do music the way I thought I uh, wanted to do music uh, and then I just really just sat down and tried again and finally it, it worked and I was like oh okay <laughs> yeah so what what were some of the other the other kind of musical things that you were doing in in that hiatus uh, I, I dabbled a bit with um, noise experiments and uh, rituals Mm -hmm. And uh, I also did a very psychedelic uh, demo, <laughs> yeah. um, which was maybe a little bit more to your um, musical background. Uh, mm. I um, transformed little sound bits and, and built soundscapes out, from, out of these and uh, used more uh, synthesizers instead of just samples, uh, like the keyboard samples. Uh, I definitely noticed yeah, the, in, in the stuff. newer album, uh, and uh, obviously it's because everything that of the Shrouded in Mystery tape that you can listen is, is kind of a rape, a rip of the actual cassette. Um, but it, it it is noticeably anyway a kind of much higher fidelity, um, and and potentially even kind of a bit more of a matured sound. Were, were you intentionally? going for that with with the newer stuff or do you think it's just related to to the fact that now you can distribute you know higher quality mp3s and things like that <laughs> no, no, it, it was um, my ambition to do this um because i um i always felt like back then i, I um was more or less like having a keyboard and learning to program it uh, I press this button and okay, there's a sound, great, it records it, alright, and I, I didn't really um, know how to, to work with uh, the musical equipment. And um, I'm an audio engineer, uh, in, mm -hmm. I'm an audio engineer in the, in the meantime, and uh, so of course I have other tools at hand now and um, other abilities, and so I was like, okay, if I would have been able to do that back then, uh, the tape would have uh, been different and uh, yeah so um it's like <laughs> finally i i am able to uh, do what i wanted to do back then It's interesting though, like the the fact that um, choosing the the kind of higher fidelity stuff. I definitely 
feel like I can see a split in the the kind of music of the people that almost uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's almost kind of fetishize the the lo-fi angle yeah. of a lot of the the medieval amb- ambient stuff. Um, and then there there is that kind of other pathway of the kind of more um, high fidelity epic kind of thing that definitely seems to be coming up a lot at the moment as well. It, who, who knows, it, it might be a matter of uh, uh, those kind of genres splintering a little bit further. <laughs> who, yeah. who, who knows? Uh, in, in terms of that, I mean, from me coming from the, um, uh, not not from within the metal scene, is is that kind of um, genre splintering? I, I know I've definitely heard arguments that it, it happens a bit too much within metal but uh yeah is is it something that kind of you've come across in terms of people you know adding adding hyphenations to the front of things and stuff like that like four four levels of ambient black dark medieval <laughs> music or you know all that type of yeah, stuff sure. um, very predominant in metal <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> It's it, is it is it something that you you find people push back against, or it's just part part of part of what the metal scene is, <laughs> essentially. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit part of the metal scene because um, um, it's always um, uh, developing in a way. So mm-hmm. in the beginning, you had like hard rock, and then came heavy metal, and then it started uh, this splintering process, as you called it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Fresh metal, power metal, uh, death metal, black metal, doom metal, and um, of course it all mixes up. And um, a lot of people then uh, try to find another own style and use uh, and some made-up genres. And some of these uh, stick <laughs> for whatever reasons. Some others won't. So. Yeah, um, and I think in, in dungeon synth, this is also a bit. Some people try to create new subgenres. Even for this, it's mm-hmm. um, winter dungeon synth, uh, du- <laughs> yeah, yeah, nature dungeon synth, or whatever else. Yeah. Um, uh, also, the um, high or low fidelity uh, thing that you just uh, said. Um, uh, yeah. I also had feedback. Now it sounds too polished, and uh, I like the cheap samples. And um, have you thought about re- revisiting the shrouded in mystery material at all? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm I'm actually almost done with uh, rearranging the old material. Um, it's uh, yeah. I don't know how long it will take to, to do the artwork and everything, but I think in one or two months I should be able to re-release the Shrine uh, Mystery Tape. It's uh, taken from the Master Tape and uh, enhanced. So that that's just, it, it's not uh, it's not really re-orchestrating, but it, it is re-kind of mastering and remixing it. Is that? Yeah, it's both. It's both. Um, oh, right. I, awesome. Yeah. I'm also doing like uh, the really enhanced version with... Um, I know the the old material. It was all done by hand on the keyboard. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like, the drumming went out of timing, and uh, or I had some some wrong note in there. Yeah, yeah. I polished all these things and uh, did some uh, some other musical ideas into it. Uh, so yeah, that's like 
2.0 version of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Have you, do you have any thoughts of what uh, the the next few years or the future holds for the kind of broader, I guess, ambient medieval music kind of scene, if if it could be called that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard, really hard to say because... Um, Right now, it feels as if uh, a scene is mm -hmm. like started that people um, started blogs about it, and um, there are like I think two printed uh, fanzines now about Dungeon Synth and uh, a few samplers. Uh, especially mm -hmm. in Russia, the scene is is very strong. In the Western world, it's um, still very um, very niche. Uh, mm. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it it will uh, it will grow and it will be uh, sharpened as a as a sub scene. I guess maybe uh, it's worthwhile plugging any any kind of social media or, or links. Uh, we'll obviously have the links uh, linked from the the show notes of the episode. Um, yeah, my my uh, website is uh, www.forgottenpathways.de. Cool. Uh, I also have a Bandcamp page, which is just uh, forgottenpathways.bandcamp.com, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started to Instagram. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, actually, uh, pretty uh, uh, addictive. <laughs> it's pretty addictive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and Excellent. I have a Facebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, that's that's awesome. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks to you. Thanks, see ya. Yeah, bye. It's been nice talking to you. Thank you very much. Forgotten Pathways. Yeah. Fun. Fun times. Fun little, fun little talk. I think there's some audio gremlins in there that I mostly edited out, but some of them, some of them still, still got in. Mm. Soz. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting, like, interview, the way he's talking about the old style versus the new style. Yeah. And I think that's, it's something that we're going to continue to see, um, that there's gonna for, for me the kind of real spooky lo-fi yeah. style there's like the, the sludgy lo-fi versus the like polished cinematic polished kind of video yeah, game yeah, yeah. VGM soundtrack almost kind of vibe uh pretty big divide hey it is it is a pretty big divide we're we're gonna jump to a new section hmm Genre trends. <laughs> jump, 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 jump. There might be a theme song here uh, yeah, that I haven't cool. inputted yet. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> Just leave that in. That's the theme song. That's the okay, good. Genre trends. But uh, yeah, the general idea is just to see, to place uh, the particular genre we're covering in a context. Mm. versus potentially a genre that we may have covered earlier. Yes. Or may not have. Just, yep. just, And the way that I came up with the, the comparison 
for this particular genre was because where I first heard of Dungeon Synth was actually friend of the show. Yep. Hakey. Ah, I figured. He thinks po- you were talking <laughs> since you were talking about Square. Yeah, he posted posted in uh, the Nation of Squee mm. Facebook group a single post that said Dungeon Squee and then <laughs> <laughs> and then had a uh, a, po- uh, a post to a wikia page that was like a Dungeon Synth wiki. Yep. Um, and that's where I first heard about it and it started exploring down Dungeon the depths of those of those links. Uh, so, for that righteous act, mm. Squee is now becoming the context comparer to Dungeon Synth. And how does it track? In Google Trends. Yeah. And I know that uh, doing a visual chart yeah. on a podcast... Not, not the best idea. But guess what? We're gonna, we're we, gonna we do have through. a Twitter, yep. at Genre Cult, and yep. I will tweet an image of this that will be up there when you are... Uh, Go to look at this episode or listen to this episode. So you know, if you're pop, playing along at in. home, you could just plug this into Google Trends. That's that's true. Squee, Squee versus, versus Dungeon Synth. Dungeon Synth, yeah. And yeah, you might have more updated stats than we do. But the, the key point here is overall, mm. Squee, you know, had this huge arc. Huge. But then that, mainly, you know, mainly starting 2006, bang, just like ramping up around 2009. 2010 we had huge hits now that would have and been presumably when they did the uh, South by Southwest thing yeah, yeah. around those times we're, we're having that stuff 2011 as well yeah. we'd have the kind of Rusco period maybe <laughs> yeah. we, we, we get a bunch of stuff but then it's a slow it's a slow kind of decline from downward 2011 down, yeah. downward downward and around 2011 as well you start seeing Dungeon Synth creeping up it's creeping up <laughs> From basically a flat line of nothing. Yeah, yeah. You just start seeing a pulse. Uh, and it's and 2014, they're about equal. Yeah. And then around 2015 is Guess where what? you... Guess what? Year of the Dungeon Synth. Takeover. <laughs> <laughs> the Dungeon Synth Takeover. And then from that point, it's just... It's, it's all Dungeon Synth. It's all just skyrocketing up and squeeze just on that, that downward trend. So, if you're investing Which, the smart money, yeah, it's in Dungeon Synth. Smart money is in Dungeon Synth. I'm sorry, Squee. Sorry, uh, you had your time. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good time. And uh, but yeah, invest now, Dungeon yep. Synth. Dungeon. Yep, my money. It's my is lock, on the Dungeon lock Synth of the week. <laughs> so uh, yeah, lock that in. Good. Trending, trending worldwide, <laughs> trending upwards. Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Genre trends. Uh, all right, uh, That's got, some more, got some more tunage. We we do have some more tunes. So to go further along that uh kind of hi-fi angle, um, we'll stick with some. Um, these are all as as you were just saying, 2015. Mm. These are basically all 2015 releases. Um. And I might play something from Arang, who is definitely, you search on YouTube or anywhere, like, this guy has a YouTube channel that you search his name and you can get, there's there's one upload that he's done that's like three, oh, it might even be longer, it's like three hours of Dungeon Synth slash awesome. Medieval Blood, like, he's deliberately, he's positioning, he's 
very strongly positioning his music as dungeon synth slash medieval ambient, okay. whatever. And yep. all his releases, he has he's definitely gone well into the creating his own lore kind of thing. Yeah, cool. And he, so you can like when you buy a release, you'll get like a map of the oh, like man, kingdoms yeah. of Orang yeah. and like ah, this, that's hectic. All, all this, all this stuff. Um, and yeah, each each album having a story. Um, uh, and yeah, it's, it is very, and he, he wears this, he's got this sick kind of like half skull mask thing that he wears. That's pretty good. Yeah. Good. Uh, I just want the map, dude. Yeah. 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 Just give me, give me me the map. map. Uh, so yeah, this is 13 runes over the gate of Colm. Yeah. Such a chapter name. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, who, who knows what. I just said to uh, Eugene off mic. You see, when you th- when you actually start to give it a chance, it's fucking sick. <laughs> exact <laughs> words. <laughs> and that, I, that I honestly, like, yeah. I yep. honestly feel that. And um, I've got there's there's one more interview in this episode, and I, I got to speak to a, a guy from the states called Captain Carbon. Great. Who, man. Uh, Basically, when you start Googling Dungeon Synth, his name randomly keeps popping up as, like, the author of different, like, on different blogs. He writes for a bunch of metal blogs. Okay. He has his own metal blog where he reviews tapes and stuff, and he has these various segments talking about Dungeon Synth several times, charting its history, doing all this stuff, and basically, yeah saw it and went this, well, he's the this guy. is the guy he's, he's the guy he's the guy um, and it, it very much feels like he's one of those people that started listening to it a bit mm. coming from the metal side mm. and then just like fell went into to it full entirely it's just yeah. like I and yeah uh, you'll hear him say he's basically its biggest advocate and <laughs> tries to sell it to everyone he, he runs into it's pretty great so uh This is the interview with Captain Carbon.
my name is uh, Captain Carbon. Uh, I am a moderator at Reddit's R Metal. Um, I also write for a whole bunch of different sites, including Tapeworm, which I review underground black and death metal, um, Hollywood Metal, which I review comics and tabletop gaming, um, uh, and a, a bunch of other stuff. But specifically, and the reason that you're talking to me now is uh, my recent year-long obsession with Dungeon Synth. So I have been writing about Dungeon Synth since about 2015. Um, and for this year, I've been writing it for Hollywood Metal. I've also been kind of talking about it on uh, Reddit. And I've also been kind of like con connecting with the community as well too. And I've met wonderful loads of personalities there. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so um, actually, it's I, I've been telling everyone that uh, my lifelong dream, uh, which actually is just recently, is to become an expert on Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> so when they do do a documentary, like maybe like a Netflix documentary, um, I could actually talk maybe for like 15 seconds uh, yeah. on on that documentary. So I mean, it's a it's a very it's it's a very small dream, but yeah, um, I feel hopefully 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 this podcast is uh, a step towards uh, uh, realizing that dream. Exactly. Well, I feel like I do feel like you will anyway, considering uh, when when I was doing my kind of digging through the internet, uh, whenever I came across something that seemed like it it knew what it was on about it. I, I end up seeing your name credited there somewhere. So <laughs> now, now that could be because I'm really knowledgeable, or that could be because no one else is talking about it except for me. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it could be a little bit of both. But um, both. I mean, to begin with Dungeon Synth, I believe that the reason that I've become so enamored—I mean, there's numerous reasons I've become so enamored—but it, it is still, even in the age of the internet, it is still a relatively obscure genre. Yeah. So there are few creators there's few fans and then there's few people talking about it and when i say few yeah. i mean like it could be like over to like 200 500 like yeah. w whatever it is but i mean compare this to kind of like a lot of genres that have like i don't know a vast number of people talking about it i'm still amazed that it's kind of been hidden so much yeah um yeah yeah and it's actually amazing too because you can see the progression and the growth of a genre kind of in real time yeah as well too so it's not like you're jumping in with i mean you are jumping in with like 14 15 20 years history but i mean this current age that's going you can still go on Bandcamp and see that oh maybe like 25 releases have happened since like i, I kind of last checked in yeah. so you can kind of see it grow you can kind of see people kind of like talk to each other so it's been fantastic yeah that's that's cool and so you, you said you've been writing about it since 2015. Did was was that kind of when you first stumbled upon some, or, or was yeah? There... Um, so I so for Tapeworm, um, I usually review black and death metal, and the way that I uh, do it, and I'll pull down the curtain on how I review things. I usually go to Bandcamp. I usually click on new arrivals, and I just click on anything that looks interesting. So, yeah. I mean, album art is very important as well too and the first the first one and so i usually go to um bandcamp tags black death metal new arrivals and stuff so uh one of the first one was uh orangs within the land of my imagination i am the only god yeah. so that was a 2014 dark ambience work and it was tagged with black metal um and the cover is a grim sort of black and white cover of a person on, like a dragon overlooking a, a mountain and everything i'm like oh this looks cool I listened to it. I'm like, this is not metal whatsoever. But I mean, if I mean, I, I believe that um, within metal, I'm also as interested with fantasy yep. um, and also 
world building and everything. And I started to research this artist uh, who's from France. And I'm like, and I found that uh, not only is he making music uh, or, or this kind of like dark ambient music, but this dark ambient music is a soundtrack to a uh, to worlds that he creates. So his his albums came with maps. It came with sketches. Like it kind of constructed this whole world. Um, that right there was like kind of like my initial. Like I wouldn't even say that I stepped into it. I fell backwards into yep. it. And from that from that point, I've just been kind of researching it until I kind of find everything. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and it was it was so it was actually I mean. It was a mishap. It was it was an accident that I fell into this, um, and now I won't shut up about it. And until I tell everyone that I that I meet about it, so um, you can all thank uh, Arang for that. Yeah, yeah. And I, one one of the things that I I do find really interesting, and, and you just brought it up now, is the the kind of non musical aspects and how important they are to the music of, mm -hmm. of Dungeon Synth. Like not not just uh, I guess the artwork, but the the overarching concepts as you were saying and even going back to to some of the earlier stuff like summoning and everything how they you know choose a specific theme and then just run really deep with it um, well and and i know yeah and i know that um uh some i, I mean possibly some of your uh listeners are interested in the history but i find it fascinating um i mean it's metal's history at with fantasy has always been sort of like intertwined and the more that you listen to heavy metal the more that you find out that all these black metal artists were listening or were just playing D&D &D and reading fantasy novels so I mean Dungeon Synth is sort of just kind of like an extension of that so I mean they throw those flags up and I mean it's a great it's a great rallying point for people that are into that type of music and also into Tolkien and also yeah. other fantasy <laughs> yeah exactly um if, what what context do you think it exists in in terms of like it being created is it namely bedroom producers uh, or like solo offshoots of metal projects or like is there a kind of majority line where it exists you think? well um so so let's talk about the history first real quick yep. um so so the history is um back in the early 90s um there were a whole bunch of uh, black metal musicians everywhere. Um, and they kind of like uh, were marked by bedroom pr uh, production, kind of um, uh, making this music and releasing it on small uh, labels and cassettes. Yep. Um, Dungeon Synth sort of started out with black metal musicians doing kind of synthscape side projects by themselves, kind of like retaining the same grim atmosphere, but using just kind of like a synthesizer um, to create these worlds. And these and these dark ambient or medieval or neoclassical albums were released on the same uh, record label um, as this. So they kind of became a part of the a part of the uh, tape uh, trading circles. Yep. So that's actually where like a large. So whenever you talk about Dungeon Synth in the 90s, that's where kind of like that started and that's where they kind of exist. Yeah. Exactly. Dungeons now is a little bit different. Um, and even though that it's been going on throughout the, the 2000s, there is kind of like a different wave of artists that are different than, uh, let's say, like the, the things that came out in the uh, 90s. Right now, um, you'll have kind of like better production. You have um, better um, equipment just because it's I mean, it's been like X number of decades uh, since kind of like that happens. So now I, I believe um, a lot of people use 
lots of computers, but it's still one person. Everyone that I've met uh, before, it's still just one person. Um, when you say bedroom, uh, <laughs> that's sort of kind of like an affectionate term for um, just one person and a machine making yeah, stuff, releasing exactly. it to, um, themselves. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and that still and that still exists. I believe that I have yet to find um, a dungeon synth outfit that has more than one person. Yeah. Because yeah, so but again, and that's kind of why I enjoy the genre so much. I find it very intimate. Um, I find it very. Um, engaging that one person is using this music sort of as an exploratory act to create their own worlds and to kind of immerse themselves in this world. Um, I find one man uh, metal projects interesting in the same regard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of and Dungeon Synth is sort of kind of a um, an extension of that. Uh, when it's just you, your ideas, and the music, um, I believe it becomes more personal. So when you're listening to these records it's one person's trip throughout uh, their imagination yeah well that's what i was thinking with the the listening context as well i uh, i feel like it's not a type of music that at least at this stage is really being performed live or anything like that so the context huh, no. in the oh yeah, my goodness no exactly. so every single interview that i do with dungeons and Thars, i always end with <laughs> kind of i mean it's become like now a joke yeah. I, because i've been getting the same answer i'm like do you ever think that this music could be performed live or if i would create a festival would you play it and the majority is this music is not for a live uh sphere yeah a live yep. audience so um except for a couple of people um there there has been um particularly over in russia um which has a vibrant dungeon synth community and they're actually located on uh, vk.com which is their sort of kind of a version of uh, yeah i have uh, stumbled v across that yes yeah. so um I, I believe that you're closer to russia than i am so i believe <laughs> that you are more familiar with uh, vk but um you can go on there and you can click translate and find their community so it's like their version of facebook but i believe that there are a couple of um artists performing over their live um, yeah, right but not i mean as opposed to as, as opposed to like new scenes kind of like popping up and like local, like this is this is strictly digital. This is strictly online, which yeah. actually makes it sort of interesting too, because you can talk to someone that's from Brazil yeah. or yeah. France. Um, doing these interviews is hilarious with uh, the translations and everything. <laughs> I sort of had to kind of like correct what like they mean and everything. But I've I have an international uh, rolodex of friends that are all into this same dorky geeky music. Yeah, yeah. So it's been fantastic. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, and so, yeah, the coming coming back to that, the fact that how you're saying that it's quite a, like, the, both the creation and I feel like the listening uh, of it is almost like a fairly personal and intimate thing because mm -hmm. when you're listening to it, you it, it's you could either, I don't know, I've, I've had two different modes of listening, one of total background kind of ambience and then the other of, like, actually sitting and listening and doing kind of nothing else um I, i'm wondering if when, when you're listening are, are you do you even sometimes listen while you're doing other activities i notice you're mm -hmm. a keen rpg player oh you, no, <laughs> my goodness yes so <laughs> um i mean that's a big i mean that's a big question i'm not even going to get into that actually okay. the reason that i'm so tired is uh, it, uh yesterday was international tabletop day okay, so yeah, I, yeah. i've been i've been playing um oh and actually okay so here's another story so yep. um i don't know how, how many rpgs you play do you play any at all i, I it's been a while uh, okay it's been, been a while recently. so yeah 
So I am particularly into uh, the idea of old school RPGs. So like from the 80s, from the 90s, yeah. I've been psyching myself out to play um, basic D&D, basically the rules from the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went down to Tabletop Day. I drove like maybe like an hour and a half specifically to play this one game. And I found out that the person that was running it just got grounded by his mom. So I am so um, I am a full grown adult that cannot play basic Dungeons and Dragons because his DM keeps getting grounded. Like I don't know where I am in my life anymore. So aside from that, you asked me a question about you asked me a question about music and also kind of like what I am doing. So yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So I find instrumental music fantastic. Um, actually, that's probably. Um, if it is instrumental, I would probably involve it a little bit more in my life, um, particularly like for reading, for doing other things, for kind of like background, um, because I find sometimes it hard to concentrate on music if it has words um, in it when I'm doing other things. So Dungeons has been fantastic for reading, for kind of like doing other tasks. And I believe that that's the, kind of like the reason that it's become so ingrained in my life. So you can play it while playing RPGs. Yeah. Uh, you can play it while reading. Uh, you can play it kind of like while kind of like while doing other things. And it's it sort of exists as kind of like two Moses you said. Yeah, it yeah. exists as wallpaper yeah. um, or exists as kind of a premier activity. And I find that I can do both of them. Yeah. I can kind of like have it on in the background when we are playing um, uh, <laughs> D&D. My, my group right now, I, I collect dungeons and tapes as well too. So yeah, yep. uh, during during our group, I'll I'll let a, a tape run. So during our adventures and stuff, you'll hear like the tape like click and then kind of like play on the back. Um, <laughs> either that or um, sometimes I, I I have the same dungeons and CDs in my car that'll just kind of like run all the time. Yeah. So it's it's actually um, anyone that meets me in person. Um, it is it is a large soundtrack to whatever I do <laughs> during the day. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. And do do you think is is there a kind of particular thing that you've pinpointed that that uh, made the new kind of this new movement that seems to be happening in the last three or four years that like kind of was the catalyst for that. So I was, I mean, I know that I was going to be asked this question about history. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I, I was sort of kind of like researching and I'm like, I don't have a clean answer for yeah. that. And, uh, because that's, I mean, that's it is, good. Like, I, it, I, I mean, that. it is so much easier to, I mean, when people are talking about narrative and stuff, it's so much easier to say, this happened here, it started here, and then yeah. nothing else happened. And I was looking, I'm like, ah, it's such a gray answer. So exactly. I know yeah. that, so I know that it started back in the 90s with sort of like an offshoot of black metal so yeah. and it continued throughout the 2000s it continued with uh kind of like dark ambient and stuff yeah. this sort of new wave of artists and i already talked about orang before yeah, um yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right and i also have to say this this is probably the first time that i've been talking so much about dungeons and out loud i usually <laughs> type it so yeah yeah if i mispronounce right. it that's because I've never said these words out loud. We, we have a rule. So, okay. We have a rule on the podcast that we uh, pronounce something the first time and we just run with it. Okay, <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know if you want to continue that rule because you've never heard me pronounce these uh, things before. Okay, so so um, so going back to it, um, so these new artists like around 2010, 
2012, bands like, or artists like Arang and Lord Leviticus and Till Dead Bergen Skygen. Oh, yes, I got that. I nailed that. So they started to come up. They were sort of like new. Um, and they started to kind of throw back to not only the nostalgia of kind of like this early 90s um, Burzum-esque kind of era of Dungeon Synth, but they also started to throw back to Again, what I was talking about with RPGs, the the seventies, eighties um, era of tabletop RPGs. So that's kind of like started, I would say, this new direction um, that Dungeon finds itself um, in right now. Because at that point, um, the access for file sharing and everything was is just so much greater, and streaming is just so much greater than it was back in 2004, when there are bands like uh, Ur- uh, Uraki High uh, that were still doing things, Nox Arcana that was uh, Dark Ambient. Um, so just the, I, I believe that you can group this group of bands in here because, I mean, just like the paradigm of um, streaming and also internet capabilities is just so, so so much greater so yep. you have things like Bandcamp that have like this group whereas back in 2004 2001 you didn't have Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. you still had like cd trading you still have like tape trading so that's why i sort of kind of like group this new um wave of dungeon synth in here um also i group them in because um you can kind of like hear them different i mean they're i mean their production is a lot cleaner because they don't have to um produce on yeah yeah sort of like it's sort of like bedroom stuff like it's mostly digital uh, that that you have right now you'll start like you'll still have kind of like a lo-fi sound uh to it uh, like particularly with their synth but yeah it'll still be intentional rather than a side effect of just recording in your basement in 1994 somewhere in norway yeah so well that it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of the things that i've definitely kind of started to notice and obviously having not uh, i've only been delving into it for the last month or two um Mm -hmm. and but i i have noticed that potentially and you can clarify this or not that there's uh, almost like a line being drawn between the more hi-fi kind of stuff and then the people that are kind of pushing the the lo-fi aesthetic even if it's not being released on tape Mm-hmm. You know, they're adding tapis or, or something like that, and it seems seems almost like a, a separate camp that likes the you know the lo-fi aesthetic plus the rest of it. Whereas there's the the ones that are like, oh, we want it, we always wanted it to be this way. We just didn't have the technology before, kind of thing. Yeah. So I usually when people are getting into it, or when when I'm unsoliciting a. Or when I'm just soliciting them, uh, and and they're not asking me whatsoever, I'm just imposing myself on them. I'm, I I ask them, I'm like, what type of dungeon synth would you want? Do you want um, these sort of haze crawling lo-fi? It sounds like you're sort of delving into dungeons, it, like everything's foggy, or do you want something that sounds like a medieval tavern? Uh, and there's a bard or a minstrel in the back, and they're sort of just kind of like playing, and the hearth is going. Um, and they usually tell me to stop talking about Dungeons and so much. <laughs> and then they, and then from that point, we can move on um, and kind of like talk more. So yeah. um, again, my my extensions and explaining to people are still rooted in tabletop RPGs. But um, that's, I mean, like you can, I mean, there are bands that are kind of doing 
kind of like in the middle. But yeah, you can yeah, usually tell true. that like it's either going to be hazy or atmospheric or it's going to be uh, light and magical. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can really start with that and then go with uh, with other directions because there's a lot of bands that are doing both styles. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that definitely does make sense. Um, have you... Personally, um, some one of the things that definitely in the hazier kind of stuff that I started to notice because uh, my kind of background in this podcast background is all primarily um, electronic music. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely noticed a lot of parallels with uh, the witch house movement, which I don't know if you know <gasps> Oh my about. goodness, the witch house movement. Oh my goodness, is that still going around? Or did well, they like... No, it's... I mean, know, did, I, mean, we- I mean, did they like make themselves so inaccessible that uh, <laughs> like no one, like everyone stopped paying attention to them? Yeah. Do you know well, what we're going to do? We're going to make everything triangles and <laughs> no one's going to be able to find us whatsoever and we're just going to go out of existence. So yes, I am exactly. I am aware of the witch house movement. I always joke about uh, witch house that... that you take like an obscure genre and you try to make it even more inaccessible and then it eventually just goes away. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry, That's... there was a question there and I totally got excited and I totally talked <laughs> over you. What was that question again? The, the question was basically that uh, like, have, have you noticed any uh, parallels in terms of any dungeon synth artists kind of c- coming over from this, the, the dregs of the witch house scene or oh vice versa? I, I don't know. So I I think so I'm not too familiar personally, like like artist by artist. Yeah, I yeah. believe that I interviewed Mascara at, at one point, which is kind of like my only um connection with an actual witch house artist. Yeah, and yeah. honest to goodness witch house artist. Um uh but I believe that most of the people that are doing this, I know that some of them are surprisingly young. Like yep. nineteen, eighteen. Yeah, right. Some of them are what you would expect, like mid twenties, and some of them are, I would say, like I'm gonna guess, like maybe like mid thirties or something. But it's actually interesting. A lot of them use um, pseudonyms. A lot of them use personalities. Orang, particularly, um, Orang is taking his name off of a character that's in his albums and stuff. Um, and I, when I was interviewing him, uh, he sort of uh, like he sort of kind of like deflected actually like personal questions because mm-hmm. sort of like this is about like this music is about like his character kind of like within these albums so I really don't know where these guys are coming from but I'm yeah, gonna yeah. guess no yeah I, I and, no, and I could be wrong um, and and I could be wrong because really so when I talk to people about this I'm like well you know what Dungeons with this it's dorky new age music in two, in 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 the 2010s and 2015s yeah um a lot of these i would think that um if you're in witch house you're a little bit hipper than these people are and not to say that they're dorky or anything or they're not hip or anything but and, they yeah. come from a different stock um they, I, they, I mean i just talked about tabletop rpgs and exactly. how my dm was grounded yeah. i'm i'm not that hip either so i was about to I say, say it depends no. on what your definition of, of hip <laughs> is necessarily but, but hip yeah. hip in the uh yeah I understand exactly what you're getting. <laughs> but I actually, uh, talking about my genres too, it's so interesting to actually take Dungeon Synth and compare it to something like Vaporwave. Yeah. To compare yeah. it to something like um, Witch House, um, where you have these micro genres that exist for, I would say, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess, and you can, and you can correct me as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like a year, maybe a summer, even. Uh, so like they, like they exist yeah. in a certain form for. Um, a small amount of time then they just kind of get really popular 
uh, they have this kind of like um, visual aesthetic and then it sort of kind of like dissolves into something else. It's particularly like ba- uh, like Vaporwave, particularly like C-Punk or like s- things like that that like uh, exist on Tumblr and stuff. Uh, if you compare this to Dungeon Synth, Dungeon Synth is um, slower moving. Um, I believe that it's become... It's it sort of is a microgenre, but it's sort of existing outside of people's knowledge. Yeah, um, yeah. So not a lot of people are paying attention. Again, if you want to take it into, um, if you want to take it into like just like kind of like a metaphor, they are hiding in a cave. Like no yeah. one is paying attention to them except for like a couple of adventurers that come by and they find them. And I believe that because of that. Because it is the same as Vaporwave, because it does have a visual component to it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like old well, school RPGs, yeah, that's, like fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely so, what drew me to drew me to it in the in the first yeah. place. Was I was like, oh, this it, this is a, a, an entire micro genre in itself. It's not just yeah. a yeah. Yeah, like it's not just sort of kind of like just like a style or something. Like exactly, th- these people operate on kind of like like similar knowledge bases or and like similar kind of um, uh, uh, influences and everything. So it is similar to vaporwave. The only difference is is that no one's listening to this at all. So like you kind of have uh, an, an interesting experiment. And what would happen if vaporwave? happens outside like if if it didn't explode which i think that it kind of like exploded and it just declared itself dead and everything what what would happen if it didn't operate on tumblr or kind of like all of these like popular social media sites what what happens if a micro genre was allowed to grow organically yeah so that's why I, so that's why I, i'm kind of interested in this because i'm like how far can this go without self-destructing yeah so well, definitely um, and i feel like there's interestingly a level of sincerity in all the dungeon sin stuff that's lacking from a lot of those other internet genres in this <laughs> it's yep d- mm-hmm. does that d- d- do you agree it's i mean I, I, it's again i i don't want to speak out of uh out of out of knowledge or experience or anything but yeah, yeah. there is i mean there is a sincerity that um there's not this like self-referential irony that's mm-hmm. evolved in the like that's like attached to the music like vaporwave or yeah. or c punk. It's not a big joke. Like yeah, these, yeah. these these artists have decided to dedicate themselves and make band camps, have like X number of listeners, and just talk. So on Facebook there is a Dungeon Synth group. It's about like maybe like seven hundred people. I for some reason have left on the notifications and people posting that every day and people are excited about it. Like yeah. it's very it's very kind of heartwarming to see people so excited about music. And I believe that's when I talk to people, they're like, oh, like this is this. And then kind of like that same same level of enthusiasm, actual genuine, honest to goodness enthusiasm for the music, not just like vapid irony um, yeah. is sort of kind of like attached to this. And then, and then they get into it as well. Like they're sort of like kind of like caught, yeah. ca- caught up with the immersion. Do, where where do you think uh, Dungeon Synth is is heading from here? Have, oh you, my have you got any predictions? <laughs> have you got any? Um, again, it's I, I just talked about uh, um, it's possible fragility and it's like yeah, me, yeah, like exactly. like holding on to like um, I believe. Well, I mean, there's a couple things. I could talk about it so much that it does become uh, really really popular, and then it eventually implodes, and then I'm going to be very upset. But um, I foresee it kind of continuing on the same in the track yeah as as this but i i believe that we are in again we're not in the beginning of a genre at mm-hmm. all like it's been going on since the early 90s but i believe that it's going to continue um with its 
sort of, I mean, like people are going to start kind of like cluing into it. Um, other people besides myself are going to sort of kind of like talk about it. Um, people love fantasy. People love bedroom projects. Um, and people love to kind of like find something new that has its own um, base and it's kind of like style. Um, again, we were just talking about genres too. People love to kind of like find new things that have kind of like its own engine that's yeah. sort of kind of working um, and, and everything. Um, I believe that the people that are getting into this are getting into this not just because it's new and novel, um, but I think that they're getting into it because they enjoy it so much. I mean, it may start as a joke. Um, they're like, oh, this is dorky fantasy music being played in bedrooms and people are writing albums about like stories and like their own worlds that's that's and, like it's world building with that like it sounds like ridiculous but then the people are like oh i never knew that i wanted this until i started to listen to it yeah. like that's actually uh, when when i talk to people i i mean i hear that a lot they're like oh i never i, I wasn't looking for this but yeah. now this exists and i'm into it yeah so I believe that it it fulfills a silent need in a lot of people to for immersion and for just kind of like escape. Um, and again, I believe that um, if we can take one thing from this conversation is that these these artists are genuine. Yeah. And it's with with a lot of electronic music. I mean, there is a tendency that it could not be genuine at all. We've seen that with a lot of micro genres. Exactly. Yeah. It's so, so I believe that it can continue with heart and with this engine because of its uh, genuine nature and its sincerity and its just desire to kind of like be left alone in these caves and kind of like create uh, worlds by themselves. So um, other than that, I hope that I could one day see a festival of Dungeon Synth. Yeah. I don't know what that would entail. Uh, possibly lots of robes, yeah. candles, og, maybe. Uh, one guy up with a, uh, um, a synth Maybe, possibly, maybe a laptop. I have no idea, but I hope to live to see that one day. Yeah. So I believe that aside from a 15-second uh, talk on a documentary about Dungeons Synth, I believe that that's my other uh, yep. goal and my, and my dream is to that's finally a, see it live. Yes, That's, that's a bright future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a very simple person. Uh, yeah. All I wanted to do is play basic Dungeons & Dragons and see Dungeons & Synth. Uh, that's all I want to do. There, I mean, there's a couple of other things, but... The, those are in like my top five. That's yeah. That's a solid top five. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come up with the other two. I'll come back on the show. Yeah, yeah. And cool. I'll, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and I'll tell you my other two. you very much ye captain carbon yes <laughs> for a very very this is enlightening enlightening discussion mm. uh i didn't think it would necessarily go where it did but yeah we ended up getting into some very genre cult-esque mm. discussions into well-trodden ground you know the sincerity of genres the micro and genres such. and yeah, yeah and yeah 
and I, I guess Dungeon Synth Festival 20k 16 <laughs> sick maybe maybe 17 yeah if we're gonna push it kind of just talking about what that might even look like <laughs> uh, it, you know because the idea of dungeon synth as an active listening experience seems completely foreign to the both of us yeah you know how it's do you like perform dungeon synth and how do you uh, how does the crowd you, interact yeah how do you interact do you with dungeon synth is, can you is, dance does it is it slow dance yeah do you do, do a little ballroomy kind of weird a, medieval thing do a jig oh maybe. shit you could do a jig you could yeah. that might be a whole maybe we're offending heaps of dogs maybe but dogs. no I'd, I'd, I'd mean it like <laughs> sincerely I have no idea how that would happen yeah exactly and I think that's I think that is a whole part of the a whole part of the game that we're yet to see like there might be artists that are more outgoing and performance based mm. that, that will start showing their heads or that start uh, you know, trying to incorporate the themes into a show mm. somehow or something like that. I mean, I can it's definitely that immediately springs to mind. Actually, you know, old mate uh, Tim Lamb again, friend of the show. Yep. Uh, through other ways, he's done the podcast. Well, in as far as doing live streams and stuff from Tokyo, so you exactly. may, may know him, Tim Lamb. Uh, he he uh, runs a thing with some people in the states called Labyrinth of Jareth, which yes. is like a like that for me. I reckon dungeon have, synth chill out room. Yeah, that, that's where I'd want it. That's for for those that don't know. I mean, it, the name almost speaks for itself, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's like a, the the yeah dark crystal themed kind of ball, ball essentially. Yeah, um, and they have a whole lot of performers of- and yeah. Puppets, yeah, puppets and all stuff. Sorts it's of very stuff. like just fantasy vibes, basically. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that. And I see also like definite crosses with like board games mm-hmm. or like VGM, all that VGM yep. stuff. Like, I, I want to, I want to see someone release a like RPG, potentially even a tabletop RPG, but by a dungeon synth artist. I feel like the real killer here is, you know, old, old Hearthstone, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah. Hearthstone, they do this thing called Fireside Gatherings. Mm. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Hearthstone is like a card game that's developed by Blizzard that you play yeah, on your iPad yeah. or whatever against other players. Um, yeah, they, they do like, you know, meetups for yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I reckon Dungeon that's- Synth would go down a treat there, mate. Look. Any dungeon synth artists out there? Yep. Where we're open, interested? Where you know PR <laughs> management? <laughs> I don't know what we'll call ourselves, but yeah. we'll, we we can work on something. Uh, yeah, I'm working on it. Now. I've already got ideas kicking yeah. around. Yeah, someone with the word dungeon in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just really hit it on the nose. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I I think really that wraps us us, us up for mm. for new new genre cult. You can obviously. Uh, subscribe mm. on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at Genre Cult, Facebook slash Genre Cult. Yep, we got uh, it all. Genre Got the URL. No, mate, you didn't tell me that. It's good uh, news. That's uh, happened. It's good news. Uh, and that's that's, that's where you find us. That's it. Yeah, uh, we we'll we'll be back. Talk talk to us on the internet. Mm-hmm. We will be back. And if uh, you've got ideas for genres you want us to cover, definitely hit Twitter's us up. probably pretty good for that. Twitter is 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 the jam. Mm. Uh, gonna gonna leave you with a track by a, an artist called Grimrick, who I good I, name. It's good name, mm. and the the artwork for this release, everything. I feel like 
I, I saw this and I was like, this is the dungeon synth release for someone like me. Yeah, cool. Okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's got this big, like, rocky looking Norse kind of rock formation. Yep. And then it's got like his writing Grimrick with kind of rune type mm. font. Mm-hmm. But then like the bottom bit of the mountain is all 3D laser oh, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. That 80s bit, style. That 80s style. Vector graphics. Vector mm. laser vibe. And I was like, oh, this is a this is a dungeon synth guy that's like embracing the synth wave aesthetic. Aesthetic. Yeah, weird. And yeah, this it's he's he's done other releases that weren't exactly this, but this is I guess a, a crossover thing. It's like mm. dungeon synth with the emphasis on like mm. all cap synth or something. I don't know. <laughs> Let's let's call it that. Uh, see you next time. See you next time. Bye.